Welcome back to another episode of HR Unlocked. Today, we're going to talk about benefits, but more specifically, some of the rules and compliance and education and things you need to know uh, towards the end of the year on FSAs, HSAs. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, Steve Jackson, the Senior Vice President of Sales with Health Ecommerce. And if you've heard of HSAstore.com, FSAstore.com, that's them. That's what they do. So, Steve, thanks so much for hopping on. Hey, I really do appreciate uh, you inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Real quick, give us your your background. You've been around this stuff for a while now, uh, which is why I'm, I was excited that you agreed to hop on here with me. But yeah. give, give us your background real quick. Yeah, so I have um, I probably spent the last 20 years now, uh, that's dating me for sure, but spent the last 20 years really in this space um, of third-party administration um, I started to uh, get my love for it when I first just started participating myself as an individual, uh, you know, into in a young family, uh, into a flexible spending plan way back when and um, had an opportunity to uh, come to a company uh, where over the last 18 years to help uh, build uh, and support a third-party administration business and uh, not only be involved very heavily on the product development side of uh, flexible spending plans and HSAs, health savings accounts, uh, but also on the business development side. And uh, so uh, that period of time has kind of moved me toward where I am here today as Senior Vice President of Sales at Healthy Commerce. And uh, so I lead a team that uh, builds relationships out there with our other third-party administrative partners and uh, to help uh, be able to bolster and, uh, you know, uh, talk about and excel our um, our e-commerce sites. Fantastic. So you definitely know what you're talking about, which is why I'm glad to be here. So there's a lot, there's a lot to know, and we'll, we'll try to cram it in as much as we can. Um, and employers out there probably understand some of the basics, but I do want to touch on those first. And if, you know, if there's a group that offers a high deductible health plan, chances are, they have an HSA in place with that. They might even offer some different versions of an FSA. But give us the the 101, if you could, before we yeah. dive into the more complex stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I entered this space about 20 years ago, uh, there was all this talk about a, an increase in healthcare expenses, uh, even then, premiums uh, mm-hmm. to the out-of-pocket cost. And, you know, it was said way back then that, oh, it's, things are going to double uh, deductibles are going to double in X amount of years. And um, I honestly, I didn't believe it uh, at the time, but it did that and much, much more as we all know. And so yeah. we have an aspect here where the out-of-pocket expenses for individuals on their medical expense side uh, from their health plan, where individuals are responsible for more and more things. And um, you know, there's an aspect of, of healthcare services, like going to the doctor and getting lab visits and utilizing health system. And then you have actually um, healthcare products 
you know, that are needed, like uh, prescriptions to over-the-counter medicines and things like that that are, are, are needed. And so employees today are, um, most employees today are participating in a high deductible health plan, like you mentioned, Thomas. And, and so it behooves an employer if they want to breed maybe a, a stronger culture, expand their benefit program, um, are concerned about kind of that financial wellness of their employees, they would consider a flexible spending plan or a health savings account, depending on the plan that is being offered. And so a flexible spending plan account, a health flexible spending account, can be offered with an employer um, on, on any type of high deductible health plan. And it allows an employee to set aside money uh, on a pre-tax basis. They determine what they feel their out-of-pocket medical expenses would be, their healthcare spend would be in the coming year. And it is called a flexible spending account. And so once those dollars are in there, that individual can use those dollars, those pre-tax dollars, to be able to spend on their everyday uh, out-of-pocket medical expenses, those expenses that the insurance carrier or plan is not going to be covering for them. And so each year, an employee needs to make a determination of, of what they need to save or put aside through their paycheck on a pre-tax basis that could be made available for not only themselves, but for their family expenses. Mm -hmm. On the other side, you have a health savings account, and it is a savings account. And so here you have, um, it's an employer, generally an employer-sponsored, doesn't have to be an employer-sponsored plan, could be individual, but primarily you see employers adopting a, a high deductible health plan that qualifies for a health savings account. And this is an individual account, and that individual can elect to enroll in the account and then contribute up to um, a certain dollar amount. And both an FSA and an HSA has IRS-defined limits as far as how much you can contribute into those accounts. And that employee is going to make those contributions on a regular basis. And then as they have expenses for their family, they can then choose to spend those dollars out of their health savings account or choose to spend it somewhere else uh, you know, out of their normal checking or whatever, because they may want to save those dollars. Because the benefit of keeping that money in, in a health savings account is you're putting that money in pre-tax, it's growing tax-free, and then those dollars can come out of the account tax-free if it's being used for out-of-pocket medical expenses. So we're seeing right now about 40, 45% of employers have adopted a qualified high deductible health plan today where HSAs are being widely used. Um, and um, so both are, there's a lot of similarities, but also certainly some, some differences with both of those accounts. Sure. And I'm glad you mentioned being able to save that money over time too for the HSA, because I've switched employers in the past. It's really nice when you own the account and you can still use those, those dollars that are in there even after you've made the switch, even if your employer was, was sponsoring it. Yeah, cool. I mean, uh, a recent Fidelity account, um, they did an analysis of what a, an individual who's age 65 or a couple age 65 who retires and how much money they're going to need specifically for health care. <laughs> I mean, it's north of $300,000 over, over their <laughs> retirement years and what they're going to need. And so, you know, you think about a health savings account and FSA is wonderful, but that health savings account just provides that extra vehicle. Uh, outside of your retirement plan to actually start 
you know, putting dollars aside that could be used well into the future, you know, for those retirement costs. So it is a pretty unique account. Love that. So it's it's Q4. It's open enrollment time. Right. It sure is for all of us. And pretty busy. How do you how do you you educate your people on the different options, what they need to know this time of year? Walk us through that. Yeah. Um, so you hit the nail on the head when it comes to education. Um, when you're talking about benefits in general, and, and Thomas, you you know this even better than I, you know, when you're talking to an individual about their health plan, there's just terms and definitions that it just goes over their head, right? Yep. Uh, they yep. just are, are not familiar with all of those, that deeper details. Um, they kind of understand how it works, but ultimately they want to know what's covered and what's not covered. So there's a lot of education needed there. The same type of education is needed for these accounts. If an employer is going to be offering a high deductible health plan, um, they should pair that health plan with one of these Mm -hmm. pre-tax account options. So how does that education or what does that education look like? Um, Some of the... um, one of the biggest areas that we found at Healthy Commerce where um, there is a kind of a lag in understanding is just really what is, how does this account work and how can I use my money? You know, where can I spend it? Mm-hmm. You know, because these are um, kind of IRS tax advantaged accounts, you know, you, you are required to use them. In a, in a certain way, you know, you can't just spend your health FSA dollars at, at a movie theater, you know, and, and uh, pay for gas. I wish, you know, you can't you know, pay right. for your pools on the highway, whatever it may be. No, it's, it's not for that. Um, you know, so it has to be spent in a certain way. So where I've seen a challenge for employers, um, they're not probably going the step further in really educating on, on you know, they're providing the resource but not really um, actually talking about what does this account look like? How does it work? And how can you use it for your family? Um, And that goes for both the FSA and the HSA. Now, if you had an employer, and you've probably seen it, uh, Thomas, where an employer might have plans, two medical plans, one could be qualified for an HSA and the other is the health FSA. So that could happen. So mm-hmm. that can cause even some more confusion on. So which one am I picking? You know, if the employer is not using a benefit administration platform of some sort, uh, you know, to really guide that uh, support uh, decision, then it could be very complicated. But the education is critical. So let me I'll add just a couple more things here to that. So. An employer um, receives the the FICA tax savings on the employee contributions, okay? Um, So the more participants that are enrolled in an FSA or in an HSA, that employers, they are reaping some of that benefit, those tax Mm -hmm. savings. And it's not not major money, but it's, it's, it's a good deal of money that could come in that could actually pay for the cost of the plan itself to administer the plan, which is pretty unique. So so it behooves an employer. Okay, so second thing is an employee who uh, contributes to a flexible spending account or health savings account, they're going to save a lot more in taxes themselves. So they're going to save on federal tax, possibly Mm -hmm. state tax, uh, their even local tax, if that's possible, and even Social Security and Medicare tax. 
So the minimum tax savings from an employee side is around 25%, 30%, depending on the state, depending on their federal uh, marginal tax bracket. So, so the more that that employer can educate on what the accounts are about, how they can use best use the account, that's going to increase the overall confidence and satisfaction in these, in these accounts. And so guess what? You're going to see more participants uh, you know, come into the picture. They're going to contribute more because they just they understand it. Uh, you know more here mm-hmm. today, and so that benefits yes the employer. It 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 greatly benefits the employee, and and so you just start to have an ecosystem with your benefit program as an employer that's just much more healthy because they understand it so much better. That's huge. I'm just thinking of myself as as an employee. Like yes, the employer gets some benefits. The employee gets some benefits, which is awesome. And yeah, the more educated I am, the more I'm going to contribute to it. But then the, the other way I look at it is I'm also more appreciative that that employer took the time to educate me, to set me up and set my family up for success. So it kind of goes back to you know creating a, a better culture uh, and engaging your people. I think this is just another way to do that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't know if there's like this just absolute best practice for how you would educate benefits to an employee. You know, it does vary on the type of industry that you're in, uh, you know, and just how available. Do you have a complete remote workforce? Uh, do you have a hybrid? You know, do you have people in the office? Um, is it a manufacturing plant? Is it a, a service team that, you know, you got to be cautious of, of hours and, and when you can talk with them? So it's, um, you know, I think the best uses, though, are with, you know, webinars are with video recordings of how the benefits work, you know, that those kind of make it fun, you know, at least to watch and, and you learn while you're watching those. Um, it could be in-person meetings, you know, where you're just talking through the benefits and, and offering up a Q&A session afterwards. But, but all of those things, they should be done you know, because it definitely will help, um, you know, drive more education. I think some employers, some, you know, not all will just, uh, I don't know if I want to put forth that effort, you know, let's just give them the resources and let them work through it. That's usually not the best, you know, way to handle the education, you know, take a more proactive approach at communicating it. Yep. hundred percent. And we were, we were preparing for this and we were talking earlier about something very, very important coming towards the end of the year. And I want everyone to understand this because it's going to have a huge impact if people aren't aware. Uh, So I want you to explain that for us. Yeah. I mean, this has kind of flown a little under the radar Mm -hmm. here as of late. And um, so let me try to walk this through. So um, I, I didn't talk about these, this one foundational thing with an FSA, with a health FSA. An employer has the ability with a health FSA to choose to allow their participants to carry over a certain dollar amount of funds from year to year, okay? This last year in 2020, it's 570. Um, I think that goes up over um, uh, 600 next year. I gotta look at that, I didn't have that right in front of me. Uh, So sorry about that, Um, but that will move up just with cost of living. Mm -hmm. So, So we have this carryover. Most employers choose to allow their participants to carry over funds. So let's go back. We're going to take you back here a couple of years, okay, um, to certainly 2020. I know we don't want to talk about that, Thomas, um, but, <laughs> but it needs to be here. 
the, yep. the, the CARES Act, everyone's familiar generally with the CARES Act, was some of that initial legislation that was brought about due to the pandemic and COVID. That started a, um, an ability for group health plans to start delaying or extending deadlines, okay? There was another act that came out called the American Rescue Plan Act, if you guys remember that, with the mm -hmm. um, you know premium assistance that would be for eligible individuals under COBRA, right? All of those kind of things that came up. There was another important piece of uh, legislation uh, called the Consolidated Appropriations Act, all right, CAA. And what that did, this was at the very beginning, actually, January of 21. And what that did was it said, if you are an employer that offers a health FSA, you might have had employees that due to COVID back in your 2020 plan year, that they may not have been able to spend down those dollars, right? They, they were held up in their houses. They were not going into work. They were not mm -hmm. getting elective surgeries done. They were not seeing doctors like they should have. Uh, you know, during that period or could have during that period of time. And so what happened to their balances? Their health FSA balance started to actually just grow. It wasn't being spent down. And so the CAA uh, legislation then allowed an employer to amend their plan to allow for unlimited carryover to say, hey, this pandemic is still going on. Uh, we recognize that, and we're going to let you just move 100% of your funds from the 2020 plan year into 2021. What they could also do as part of that legislation is say, well, I want to do it for 2021, and I'm good for doing it through 2022. And so these employers have allowed their employees over the last couple of years now, so think end of 2020, mm -hmm. The rollover then, unlimited carryover, I guess I should say, is uh, for 2021, and now here we are in 2022, and that is now coming to a close. So as we think about education here, it is very important that for those employers who did elect, and there are many, that elected to amend their plan um, for, uh, or to, to amend their plan for that unlimited carryover amount, that there is probably a significant population of their employees who are in this account that have a pretty big balance. And so by communicating now, right during open enrollment, uh, signifying to those who are participating currently that, uh, you know, they, that this deadline, this triple deadline is really coming to a close is really, really important. Um, in a uh, visa study, a uh, combination of a visa study, which was end of last year, um, and, um, and our own study at Healthy Commerce, uh, it, was, it was determined that the total loss, okay, so the carryover, those who forfeited monies out of their FSA end of last year, 2021, in aggregate, was about a billion dollars, Thomas. It was a lot of money, which is crazy because this is employee dollars mm -hmm. that were lost because they were unable or failed, you know, to be able to spend down those dollars on qualified expenses. And um, so we think uh, we don't have all the numbers yet this year, but we do feel that that number is really going to explode greatly. It's going to be really big uh, because just due to the fact that there's just not enough education from employers 
or possibly the administrators to really highlight the fact that, hey, your dollars could really be impacted this year. You know, only a certain amount is going to be rolled over, not unlimited, as as uh, what has been happening over the last two years. Wow. I, and I, I believe we could see that that number be be larger. I mean, you mentioned how under the radar it was. A lot of a lot of educating we need to do this time of year. So I'm glad we got you on here to talk about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, it is. You know, at, I would talked about kind of the you know healthcare expenses. Healthcare expenses are kind of broken out in services and in products. You know, when you kind of just think about it, lay it out in categories. And um, you know, employees still have time. You know, to go see their eye doctor, to go to their dentist. Um, and, you know, to have those specific services done so that they can spend down the FSA. And then there's other, um, you know, other resources like Healthy Commerce at, at FSAstore.com that they could go to where they could find, you know, 100% guaranteed eligible OTC medicines and products that would be mm-hmm. there. So there's opportunities here for the employees just yet to be able to um, spend down those dollars. But it is really um, important that um, employers do educate during this time and, um, you know, to at least because I don't think it's an employer. Certainly, they're not trying uh, to have the employees lose dollars or forfeit dollars. Uh, you know, that's not what they're trying to do. But they, they do need to speak up and definitely communicate that um, here uh, over the next uh, next few weeks <laughs> during open Absolutely. enrollment season, for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned it a little bit, but I was going to say. Yeah, if you're confused on where can I spend my money, just go to the FSAstore.com. It's all it's all right there. Yeah. Well, we'd we'd like to think that it's all there. I mean, we are um, we actually are the the FSAstore.com was the first and it is the largest online marketplace for FSA qualified uh, products. And so uh, individuals, employees who are going there that have an FSA. Uh, they can feel at least comforted or confident that when they go there, I'm only purchasing qualified mm-hmm. expenses. Plus, if they use their debit card that's associated with their FSA account, we're not going to your, your administrator is not going to ask for a receipt, you know, for substantiation. You can just go there, in essence, virtually swipe it, you know, and then pay for those expenses and move on about your day. Um, so that does make a, a, us a little unique in that area uh, to provide such a guaranteed resource. There's also a tons of learning uh, resources in the site uh, from calculators to actually other blogs and articles specific to that triple deadline uh, that is ending here this year. Perfect. What I'll do then is I will put links in the show notes for everybody so that they can easily navigate to those articles. Um, thanks for having me and um, you know, look forward to uh, watching more of these here in the future. Good stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Thomas. Take care.